Hey guys, hello and welcome to episode number 130 of the VK Bros with the VK Bros, Jason and Alex Von Cannell. Uh, guys, we have a massive show in for you tonight. So much information's come out during the week that we're going to be running into. So, uh, big news story we're going to be speaking about is the Project Veritas leak of the Pfizer employee and some of the fun things he is uh, alleging, I guess you would call it, in, in, the, in the video. It, we're also going to be speaking about, this is something that has gone almost completely unnoticed, at least on Australian media it has, but a, a British medical journal story about regulatory agencies all over the world, including Australia, with some very interesting information in there. I want to speak briefly too about Bill Gates, especially considering, uh, as we spoke about last week, he met with our Prime Minister, uh, Anthony Albanese, so we'll be chatting briefly about him. But I want to start with something which I just want to put out there as a bit of a psyop alert for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, oh, if you just want to say hello first, Alex, just for hello. our audio listeners. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Um, I, I've I've seen something uh, a lot recently, and I'm starting to see a pattern, and I just want to make people aware of it, and that is. I'm seeing a lot of news articles about young people dying with no cause of death listed in the article, mm -hmm. but they are leaning very heavily on red pill trigger words. So let me give you just a quick example and apologies to the family involved in this story, because obviously when you're speaking about young people dying, it's always horrendous. And this has nothing to do with them. It's just the way the story itself is written. But there's an article here from yesterday that I saw. Heartbreaking tributes for Queensland mum of four who died suddenly, as we all know yeah. about the movie, died suddenly on Rumble, while getting ch child ready for school. And I'm just going to read the first three sentences. A Queensland mother of four who was the heart of the family, in quotes, has died suddenly while getting her children ready for school. Lauren Watts, 40, died suddenly on January 24 while getting one of her four children ready for their first day at school. Her husband, Drew Duncan, wrote an emotional tribute to his wife uh, and his partner, his partner in life and in crime. So, when I read through that article... They said crime? Oh, his partner in crime. He just... But they used that? Yeah. Yeah. For someone's, like, obituary. Yeah. Oh, but sorry, actually, I'll even read the next sentence. Uh, in quotes from him, you were the heart of our family and kept it beating with your love. Unfortunately, I think you must have used up all your own beats on everyone else. Yeah, this is a troll. Well, so here's the thing. I, I scrolled through this, no cause of death listed. I've seen a lot of articles very, very similar using those trigger words for red pillars. And here's what I think the PSYOP is. I think they know that everyone has noticed all the young people dying lately. Now, mm -hmm. their rebuttal to it is always, oh, but, you know, heart attacks have happened all the time and it's just now you're more aware of it, now you get triggered by it. And, and that is fair enough to a degree because sometimes some young people do just die. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. What I think is happening here is I think they are deliberately leading out cause of death for a few reasons. Number one, every single red pillar is going to straight away say, up, ah, see, it's the vaccine again. It's because of the vaccine yeah. again. And what they're trying to do, I believe, 
is they want everyone to go in the comments of every single one of these stories and go, it's the vaccine, it's the vaccine, it's the vaccine, it's the vaccine, it's the vaccine. And then once enough of these stories have come out with all of that evidence, then what you're going to see is coroner's reports telling you that the cause of death for these things is completely unrelated to vaccines. Yeah. And these crazy yeah. anti-vaxxers... Yeah, it's a trap, 100%. So I just wanted to quickly put that out as a PSYOP alert, as a, a psychological well, here's the operation. Other one. Here's the other one that you sent to the through the chat group. Wider testing urge for bad cholesterol linked to heart attacks in younger people. Doctors are calling for more testing for a, a marker of bad cholesterol that can cause sudden heart attacks in younger people and could be elevated in more than 5 million Australians. Australians. It's, there's just, it's, they have to use the word sudden. Yep. And it's kind of the word that you would use, but there are other words that you could use. Well, you could, um, I mean, if you're, if you're describing a young person who, who passed away, you could literally just say, uh, like, passed away unexpectedly. Yeah. Like, not yep. died suddenly. Yeah, unexpectedly is an acceptable word, but the fact that they continuously use "died suddenly" is just a reference to the "died suddenly" documentary. So, yeah, that's psyop alert, and I just want people to mm. be aware of it. All but right. but the, the lesson I I, 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 one, I think you maybe even glossed over a little bit. The, the tip is because I find myself thinking it, and I need to actually catch myself on it. Mm. Every death that I hear, I think. I think initially, oh, I wonder if it is vaccinated, yeah. but we need to stop doing that. We need to actually wait. We need to see the data. And from what Jason said, stay out of the comments. <laughs> yeah. Stay out of the comments because it's a trap. They're setting, they're setting you up to look like a clown. That's right. That's right. And yeah. it is just another attempt to then further discredit anti-vaxxers. Yeah. So yep. just be aware of it. All right. Let's move on to the biggest story uh, of this week so far, which is the Project Veritas latest video leak. So for any of our viewers or listeners who are unaware of who Project Veritas is, which is pretty likely considering they were basically banned from the internet for the last two years. It's probably 99% of people don't know who Project Veritas is. Yeah, I I think that's probably accurate. So Project Veritas is a journalist and a media company from the United States who do uh, a lot of investigative journalism and a lot of it is undercover work where essentially they either befriend or go on dates with people in uh, big organizations. So they don't specifically target things like pharmaceutical companies. They will expose corruption anywhere they possibly can. So Alex has just brought up uh, their their website here. So if you go on the website, you'll see a lot of the investigative journalism they've done. They've done a lot of things like that. Expose CNN one was about... uh, there were pedophiles working at CNN, which they exposed and have had subsequently some of these people removed from from that network. Uh, but obviously, farmers are a very big talking point at the moment, so they have been focusing a lot on pharmaceutical companies in, in recent times. Because of that, they have been subject to widespread censorship all over the internet until now, because Twitter let Project Veritas back on about a month ago, I think it was, and this is really the first big drop that they've made since uh, Twitter brought them back to the social media landscape. So I might flick it over to you, Alex, if you want to quickly just play the beginning of the video. Well, I think it needs a little bit of setup. Yeah. So Provide uh, some basi- context. Basically, what, as Jason said, they use plants, usually attractive people, on dates 
and uh, in this case, it looks like it was over a couple of days, and they... It was a third date, they, this one. Yeah, they use a hidden camera, and uh, they just ask a bunch of questions, and they get these people... Now, people tend to say wild stuff uh, because they're trying to impress their... Their date, um, yeah, yeah. Their date. So mm-hmm. so this, this one here, uh, this is... So I'm just to here, so the, the gentleman in question, his name is Jordan Tristan Walker. He is a Pfizer director, or at least was, a Pfizer director of research and development of strategic operations and mRNA science planning. So a, a bit of a heavy hitter within the Pfizer organization. He's got a lot of technical knowledge. So, all right, I'll, I'll play the video now. Yeah. We're exploring, like, no, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate ourselves so we can put undefeatedly developed new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. <laughs> be like very- do, you, do you reckon everyone could hear that? Yeah. Basically, basically, he's saying that we've been talking about at Pfizer mutating the virus ourselves so mm. that we can have a vaccine ready basically in advance. Yeah. And he goes, we don't want the public to know that because they would hate the idea of pharmaceutical companies making viruses. That's right. That's what he said. Yeah, just continue a little bit. Very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like, you know, it goes everywhere. So busy. It's the way that the virus started and moving on. To be honest, like, it's, it makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah. So he said that it's uh, it's unlikely that this virus has popped out of nowhere. This is probably how it happened in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. So this is from someone that would know more about how, how it works. And he's been playing with it, you know. Yeah. So uh, I, I found that interesting. Yeah, I know. Also, Meet Jordan Tristan. So just pause Walker. it there. That's fine. So th- this clip does go on where he talks about um, because the the journalist themselves actually questions him and goes, "Oh, isn't this like gain of function research?" And essentially, the guy goes, "Oh, no, no, because what it's not technically gain of function is what they what they're doing. What they're talking about doing is having uh, different monkeys that you'll so you might have different strains. So you infect one monkey with a certain strain, another monkey with another strain, and then you let them sort of cross infect each other and see what sort of mutations happen. And why well, they call it direct uh, direct evolution. evolution, I think is yeah. is the term for it. Yeah. So and and this this reminded me very much so of when Fauci was getting questioned in front of Congress when they were like you're doing gain of function research especially when Rand Paul was questioning him and he was saying that uh, the the research they was do they were doing was uh, put up and down the chain and it doesn't fit the criteria for gain of function research that was like uh, their definition of it at that time yeah. so this sort of strikes me as a similar thing where it's like maybe internally uh, he pro- possibly genuinely believes they're not doing gain of function because all the internal memos go, this no, this isn't gain of function. This is a completely different thing. And then they go, oh, okay. It's a rebrand. Yeah, it's it, a re-brand. exactly, exactly, 100%. So why, why is this important? Why is this important? I find it very interesting that this dropped right now because... It was just last Friday that the TGA in Australia approved the new bivalent booster shots. And the new bivalent booster shots in Australia 
specifically cover Omicron BA4 and 5. Now, for any of you punters playing along at home, you would know that we are not on BA4 and BA5 anymore. We're on like these XBB 1.5s and all, all, all these new variants. So this is following the same progression as what the vaccine rollout has right from the beginning. When they rolled out the original dosages of the vaccine, it was for the Wuhan strain of COVID. By the time they rolled it out, we had Delta. And then when they tried to catch up and try, and they spoke about uh, creating... Because remember, remember at the beginning of the mRNA rollout, when everyone was being sold on mRNA, they were going, oh, the best, the benefit of it is the technology is so fast. Like a new strain comes out, you can just retool it like yeah. three months and then you'll get a yeah. new, a new um, strain-specific vaccination. Two years to, to make one change. Well, that's right. And then by the time they made that change to Omicron, which is Omicron 1, we had all of these sub-variants of Omicron. So it's very, very interesting that this guy may have had no idea what he was talking about. Maybe. Just throwing it out there. But it is interesting that an internal person from Pfizer in their mRNA section is spilling this thing, which is basically the playbook that has played out, regardless of whether they were doing it on purpose. It's the playbook that's played out in the last two years. Yes. Uh, What's the new variant called? It's... Oh, I do the the one that they named after the Kraken. It's like XBB nah. one yeah, point something. Oh. <laughs> there was Alpha, then Delta, then Omicron X, but this latest variant might be this is the Jimmy Fallon. Everyone. BB.1.5 Another brand of COVID-19 has arrived Alright, I've had enough. I, I can't watch this shit. It, that infuriates me. I it's had to disgusting. It as an epic troll. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so gross. But, yeah. Now, this is a big story. Do you, do you have any comments on this part of the story itself? Because to me, this isn't the big part of the story. I want to say I feel bad for the bloke. Okay. Because it... He is a cog in a massive wheel of yep. naughtiness. Mm-hmm. And we have found that 96% of at least Australians will uh, do just about anything to keep their jobs. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that someone would be involved. And I think it would be, when I think about it, I think it would actually be very easy to convince someone, to give them the right tools, the right wording, to to, to think that they are doing the right thing. So uh, calling absolutely. it direct evolution yeah, yeah. is the perfect example of just saying, no, no, it's, you're not doing gain-of-function research that mm. was made illegal. We're doing direct evolution. Yeah. And it's an easy thing to sell. Why why, why would we wait for the vaccine, uh, the, um, the disease... The virus to mutate. To and then I have to catch up to it. We yeah, need to try to get ahead it. of it. We need to control it. Yeah. yeah. So it's an easy thing to sell. And, and look, what you said there, like the key word is is sales. Like we we were victims of the same thing. I mean, it's it's just how you explain uh, whatever whatever the thing is, how you explain it is is very very important. So for example, mm. we would go to sales training. If you wanted to be negative about it, you could say you were going to find out how to manipulate someone into buying a product. Like yeah. they're, they're the same thing. It's just two different it's ways of, ex- of explaining them. So well, it's two different ends. There's a a, a seller and a sellee, yeah. right? 
and it depends on which side. No one likes to be sold to. No, that's right. Well, 96% of Australia likes to be sold to, by the sounds of it. Yeah, very but, susceptible to sales. So here's, here's the big part of the story for me. Uh, Pfizer controls the internet. Yeah. So the biggest part of, me, uh, uh, part of this story for me is if you actually go and try to corroborate this story, the only place you can find information about it is Twitter. Because... Uh, no. No, not no. true. No, so because I don't use Google... Okay. Uh, here, well, let's run a test. Let's run yeah, a test. Pull, pull something out. So while you... So, tr- are you, are you going to speak for I use I use Brave Browser. So here's Brave Browser. It's got Brave Search. Mm-hmm. So let's just go Pfizer... Uh, Veritas in the in the search mm-hmm. thing, boom! There's the videos. Or oh, there is a fact check there. Now, click on we, click on one of the news the, articles. Can we read the fact check, please? Yeah, we can read. Please, the fact these check. are always hilarious. These Why are always not? hilarious. So, I'll zoom in. Cool. Uh, a hugely viral video that purportedly shows a senior Pfizer employee talking about COVID-19 vaccine experiments has exploded across social media, gathering millions of views and sparking speculation. Released by Project Veritas, the video includes what it says is undercover footage of a conversation detailing COVID mutation projects designed to preemptively research potential new strains of the virus before they may find root naturally. In wake of this, many social media users have started to claim that the video proves that Pfizer is conducting these experiments actively. Scrolling down. Multiple claims on social media posted on January 26, 2023 suggest that Pfizer is currently mutating COVID variants in order to produce vaccines for future sale. The claims are based on a Project Veritas video, also posted on January 26, which on Twitter alone has been viewed more than 8.6 million times. It's over 21 million times now. Among them was a tweet with more than 61,000 engagements from Project Veritas CEO and founder James O'Keefe, the guy with the largest nuts on the planet, who wrote... <laughs> Pfizer director on camera saying they are mutating COVID-19 virus to increase effective infectiousness. Unreal. It's worth noting that Project Veritas, which describes itself as a journalism enterprise, so this is where the fact checky language yeah, kicks in. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah. I love this bit. Is a controversial organisation that has previously produced investigations. Stop, 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 I want to say the bit I like the most is the very end. So of the fact checks... The end is always the best. Yeah, so because the end go. is always the bit where it says what we're saying is false was actually true, but you haven't yeah. gotten this far because <laughs> you've not read through all the bullshit. Yes. Yeah. yeah, let's go. Okay, so it's worth noting that Project Veritas, which describes itself as a journalism enterprise, is a controversial organisation that has previously produced investigations subsequently labelled as false or unevidenced by fact checkers and other media. Okay, <clears throat> I'm going to fact check the fact checkers right now. Uh that has previously produced investigations subsequently labelled as false or unevidenced by fact-checkers and other media. Fun fact about Project Veritas. Project Veritas has been taken to court for defamation and for other things many, many times in the past, and they have never lost a court case. The biggest thing that they used to discredit Veritas at the beginning was they used to say that Veritas selectively edits their videos. They have been proven correct in court every single time. They have never lost a case. So it's interesting how the fact check, the, where they try to draw, uh, draw negativity towards the organization is they say they are a controversial organized that we have previously labeled as false or unevidenced. Yeah, it's, it's just saying, it's just saying that they have not, like, that our bullshit has not tarnished them 
so you shouldn't trust them. Yeah. Because we haven't... That, that's literally what it says. Organisation that has previously produced investigations subsequently labelled as false or are unevidenced by fact-checkers and other media. It, yeah. that, that whole statement is meaningless. And this is the thing. So, like, it goes through a few different examples. And it's like, among other stories, in 2017, the Washington Post reported that O'Keefe had tried to dupe the paper into publishing a false story about former Chief of Justice... Uh, Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court, Roy Moore. Okay, so you've got one media outlet saying another media outlet tried to publish something false about someone else. So that ain't an investigation. That's yeah, two yeah. journal. That's he said, she said. In 2020, Project Veritas claimed that Representative Ilhan Omar was linked to a cash for ballots voter fraud scheme. An investigation by USA Today found no evidence of such a scheme. So again, you've had another media outlet investigating Project Veritas, so it's a he said, she said. In 2021, it also claimed that during the New Jersey gubernatorial election, an election worker illegally allowed someone who said they weren't a US citizen to fill out a ballot, which PolitiFact reported was false. So they reported it was false. But again, there's no actual investigations here, but this is how fact checkers work. They haven't even addressed the actual claim in the video yet. They haven't yeah. addressed it. This is what they've done. They have fact-checked a tweet that's got a lot of engagement, and then they have thrown mud at the organisation with three examples of supposed falsehoods, which are not corroborated by anyone other than the mainstream media. This is how fact-checks yeah. work. Can we just skip to the bottom? Yeah, skip to the bottom. Can we just skip to the bottom? Okay. So they're going through basically line by line. Yeah. Which again, I think this is just trying to tire us out. This oh, is, this I just is caught one thing factor. just as right. you're scrolling, which says another cut occurs and it says the video cuts again. So this is, again, this is that narrative about Veritas selectively editing their videos, which they have been sued for before and won that court case. Okay, okay. So read the last, okay, read the last three. Um... So from As The Film... Yeah. As the film was posted recently, there may yet be more information forthcoming. Until then, however, the speculative claims that Newsweek has identified on social media are not a fair reflection of what the video shows. So they're reporting on another news article, another, which is what you were just Another media before. company, that's right. Yeah. Pfizer has been the subject of many misleading claims since the global outbreak of COVID-19 and the company's subsequent development of a vaccine for the disease. They have Empire. been subject to many misleading claims, primarily if, coming from themselves with their media yeah. releases. Yeah. Last they year... They also have been done for it, though, as well. They've been done... Oh. They've, they've been... Like, unlike Project Veritas, who has a clean record, Pfizer has been popped for stuff. Multiple times. Mm. Uh, last year, Newsweek found social media posts falsely suggested that the UK government had changed its advice for pregnant women using the vaccine developed by the company. Its vaccine was also falsely linked to claims that it caused hepatitis in children. What the hell, man? Right? That's so the most it's thing. it's deflect. It's, anyway, we don't need to read any more of this because we're getting off yeah. subject. But but but, but, but just, I just want to. Um... Uh, do I have? Do I even have Google Chrome on here? I don't think I've even got Chrome. I can't even. Or maybe I can. You could just go to Google, right? Yeah, let's try that. Pfizer. Uh, so while Alex pulls this up, look at oh, look at what it says when I type Pfizer. Look at the COVID Pfizer uh, uh, COVID vaccine. I can't uh, actually Pfizer see vaccine. that screen. You must oh. be on a different screen. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Shit, this tab instead. There we go. Yeah, Pfizer COVID uh, vaccine, Pfizer vaccine, Pfizer news, Pfizer share price, Pfizer director of research and development. Veritas spin-off? 
Okay. All right, here we go. So, <laughs> the first thing that starts is exactly what I posted about on our Instagram a couple of weeks ago. The first part of it is Google's censorship shield, where it comes up. So, Alex has searched for our audio viewers for Pfizer Veritas, just those two words. The same thing I searched for in DuckDuckGo. Yes, and the first thing that comes up is this. It looks like the results below are changing quickly. If this topic is new, it can sometimes take time for reliable sources to public information uh, to publish information. Check the source. Are they trusted on this topic? Come back later. Other sources might have more information on this topic in a few hours or days. Is it a Chris Rock bit or is it a Dave Chappelle bit? The, just let me think. <laughs> just, just let me think. I need time to think. Oh, I can't remember. I think it's a Dave Chappelle thing. What's number one? Look at, Pfizer's look at response number... to the research claims is number one. Yeah, so Pfizer gets the top. Now They be... own big tech. Click that because we're going to go through that anyway. But before we get to it, this is the, the, the big part of the story that I, I want to get into and just briefly explain before. Because when this went down, when Project Veritas dropped this video, you could watch in real time the censorship of the internet going into effect so from the start straight away Pfizer banned comments on every single one of its social media accounts so you could not comment on any Pfizer content all over the internet Mm. secondly they removed this guy from their website thirdly they removed him from the Wayback Machine so I don't even think that that was possible but yeah, pe- I didn't think that was possible so, pe- so there's a thing called the Wayback Machine for anyone who doesn't isn't aware of it, where you can literally go back to p- points in time and see parts of the internet that have been removed from the internet subsequently. People went to the Wayback Machine and was like, haha, they've removed him from the website, but here it is. And then other people tried to go to the Wayback Machine shortly afterwards, and it was gone. So yeah. they had censored that. Next thing you know, Instagram uh, gave Project Veritas a uh, false information warning and pulled the video off of their page after it had 800,000 views. So Instagram gets involved, removes it. YouTube has now given them a strike and removed the video when it had a million views on YouTube. Yep. Like, this is all happening in real time. Now, it, let's pretend for a second that this is not rampant collusion between big tech and big pharma to protect financial interests of a pharmaceutical company. Let's pretend that for a second. Alex, can you steel man that idea and give me one one reason why all of these platforms would have jumped so quickly to remove this, at least the video. Let's start with the Veritas video. Because at the end of the day, my understanding of uh, social media companies, particularly YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, is all they care about is engagement on their platforms. Now you've got yeah, a video like, going viral. Why have you removed that video? So, so uh, okay, I'll, I'll steal that. I'll still man it. If that guy is not real, if he was not an employee, if he was just a crazy guy trying to hook up with another guy, mm-hmm. and he was saying all this wild stuff. Yep. It could be so damaging to the reputation. It could be so damaging to the real, realistic product that that we have to, to that's going to save millions of people. Yep. Just ask, um, uh, just ask Albert Baller, uh, and, Bill Gates, um, and um, Michael Phelps, Pink. And, yeah, and not Jonathan, who's he's just on the rounds. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, yeah. Um, 
yeah, if the guys, if the guy was a plant by the yep. right, um, I could absolutely see why you'd go into damage control. Yeah. Now, uh, if you if you were smart, you wouldn't, because Project Veritas is a uh, a a journalism company. That means they are liable for defamation. So if it was false, you let it go because then they could be sued into oblivion like Alex Jones has just been. No, so yes, you're right, but that doesn't stop you from going into damage control because the the suing... And I'll tell you why. If if Pfizer's share price moves by $1, mm -hmm. that is more money than Project Veritas has ever seen in their lives. Yeah, I know. I know. I know Pfizer goes into damage control. Not arguing that. I'm arguing yeah. why ha- Why would, if this wasn't rampant collusion between the social media companies and Pfizer, why would the social media companies have removed this content so quickly? Yeah, when well, all it's it- doing is driving engagement to their pages. The fact these videos went viral, social media companies love that because it means hundreds and thousands of millions of people are going to their platform to watch me, this content. Let me give you the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Why do they want engagement? To sell ads. Who pays for the ads? Pfizer. Pfizer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the, this guy's basically been scrubbed from the internet uh, unless you go through the right channels like Brave. Now, actually, go to, go to Brave just quickly. And, Brave home, yeah, yeah. Yep, and pick one of the news articles about uh, about the story. So do the same search. Pick one of the news articles and click it just to make sure it actually goes to an article about it. Like the, I mean, Fox News. Yep, uh, uh, go to, no, so go go up. What are these ones at the top? Breaking news. So just pick that first one. Pfizer, oh no, not that one. I've never heard of these guys ever. Yeah, okay. So maybe just just pick something that's more more genuine. Uh, There's just so many fact checks and everything. It's just mental. Because to, to the reason why I ask you to do this is one of the first people that reported on the video itself was the Daily Mail. And one of the things that happened so like like that was that the link to the story was changed to a different article. Okay, so this is where you've got to be really, really careful, okay? Because I'm seeing a lot of these pop up now. Yep. And I think this is another trap. Okay. Like the other... So so um, I've seen them go through Instagram mm-hmm. where they people are getting like um, old... Uh, uh, old... Um, articles or whatever and, and, and they're trying to click on it and it's not going through or whatever and they're saying, oh, this is a... This right. is like censorship and blah blah blah, yep. and then I'll I'll always go okay. Well, let me go and search for it myself, and I'll like that. Then I can prove it. Mm-hmm. And I've never had that happen. Yeah, okay. So I'll, I think I'll, it can be misinterpreted. I think people are trying to make it look really bad. Fair enough. Um. So yeah, I I I'm glad that we tried to test it. I mean, I think the I think they'll all work. Like if I tip, uh, if I click on the, I mean, the only one here that hasn't been niched is uh, Fox News. Which mm-hmm. is, not not a great sign. Uh, why have I lost it now? All Fox. Yeah, it's in there. Duck Carlson, if you really want to understand how powerful Big Farmer is, consider this. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So, um, now, I don't think we bother showing the back end of the, the video. As hilarious and entertaining. I think anyone, go and watch it. Yeah. It's 
I think it's only nine minutes long, mm-hmm. and it's excellent. He the guy loses it. Yeah. He asks the restaurant to shut, like, lock the doors, don't let anyone out. Mm. He starts filming the owner of the shop. Yeah. And he's just like, he thinks everyone's out to get him. Now, again, I feel bad for the guy. He's the cog in the wheel. He's yeah. a cog in the wheel. I, okay? I don't feel bad for anyone who does the whole, I was just following orders and, oh, well, I, was gonna, I would lose my job if I didn't do this. If you're doing yeah. evil shit, if you're an evildoer, like, this is the message that I want to put out to anyone. If you are in an organization which requires you to do things which will negatively affect other people that you've never even met before to keep your job, don't be a pussy, say no, and go and get a job somewhere else. Mm. That's my advice. The world would be a much better place because it ain't all, yeah. all just about economics. I have a more realistic view of the world that Jason does and, and I understand that people won't do that. Most people yeah. won't. As, the majority. Of as someone who's done it myself, I can say that you should do that. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Shall we? Shall we move on? Yeah. Let's move on. Oh, actually, one one quick side note. I saw an interesting tweet, and I think this is a story we may have covered on the pod, but I'm not 100 oh, percent sure. Sorry, sorry. Before you before you go to that, yeah. let me just say, Kim.com has reached out to that guy, even yeah. though he's not on the internet, so he couldn't tag him in on um, Twitter, yeah. to say, you are more important than you know. I know you feel like you're being um, you're being pressured. Mm-hmm. Contact me, and me and my team, will we will protect you. Yeah, we so will Kim.com is a multi-multi-millionaire. Yeah. Um, he's, he's very much leading the charge of the, uh, of the uh, red pill... Um, movement at the moment every chance he, he gets mm-hmm. he's been a massive victim of uh corporate um power mm. uh in his life and he's got a very interesting story you can see his uh his documentary kim dot uh, kim.com k-i-m-d-o-t is his first name kim.com is his second name yeah uh, so yeah so so there is an avenue for this guy to to be protected to and we and need do something good because we need more of them like and it, right. at least if there is a path, if there is a safe pathway for these Pfizer employees to come out and start spilling the beans, mm. there's a safe way uh, for them out. They'll come out. If yeah. there's no safe way, if this guy gets his head ripped off in the streets, no one's going to come out. Yeah, I. To be fair, I don't think that if I was in that employee's position, I wouldn't be worried about the vitriol from the red pillars in the street. I would be worried about the company itself. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but it could be both. But it could be both. Of like course, how much yeah, of that yeah, sucked, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, but just brief side note: Do you remember that story? I think it was from either. It might have been about a year ago, about the truckload of lab monkeys that rolled in Pennsylvania and escaped. No, you don't remember that. No, no. Um, I can't believe you don't remember. That was, this. That was another Chappelle bit, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe. Big big red booty uh so there was a new york times article when was this date i can't see the date on it but just i've just got the headline here because i'd saved it on my phone questions remain after highway crash involving monkeys a pennsylvania woman who had contact with them says she has signs of illness but no one else has reported symptoms and the airline that shipped them is getting out of the business uh that's a random headline (laughs) what do you mean getting out of the business of what? We, which is of, why of it tweaked to me at the time. Her. Because these were these were lab monkeys. Um, here we go. After a truckload of 100 lab monkeys crashed in Pennsylvania, a woman stopped her car to help. One of the monkeys did not appreciate her goodwill and hissed in her face. And now she's sick. 
So the reason why I bring this up is because <laughs> any of you who actually goes forth to watch the rest of that video, he talks about how they use monkeys, lab monkeys, to do this uh, direct evolution of viruses. So if you were red-pilled enough to think that Pfizer themselves is mutating the virus and then spreading it to continue being able to create new vaccines for new variants... There's a link there because a truck full of uh, lab monkeys rolled over all by itself a year ago. Do you want me to show you how to roll a truck? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, it's that easy. Dumb, dumb. This this dude was probably driving it. All right, let's move on. Speaking of corruption... No, I was trying to uh, impress a date, told him I was a truck driver. Yeah, like, I was trying to show him a jackknife. The guy said that, sorry. To people who haven't seen the video, the reference that I just made... His defence, which was a great defence, when he was confronted by James O'Keefe was, I'm a liar. I'm a liar. I was just trying to impress a date. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, not, I'm not even a scientist. I'm not even a scientist. I'm a contractor. And he specifically states that he was on a third date too. You know what that means. <laughs> He's paying. That's why he was so happy. All right, let's move on. Um... Next story is uh, extremely interesting and is relevant and is far closer to home, uh, which is the British Medical Journal recently did a study on uh, whether or not uh, pharmaceutical regulatory bodies are basically guns for hire. So if you scroll up, uh, just so I can see the title. So the, the so this is a BMJ investigation. From FDA to MA... Is, is the BMJ that small internet blog? Yeah, it's just an internet blog. It's been around for like 200 years, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, from FDA to MHRA, are drug regulators for hire? So this was published on the twin... Where is it? Uh, oh, no, published 29th of June, 2022. So this is actually not as recent as we thought. Anyway, still very interesting. Scroll down. So, patients and doctors expect drug regulators to provide an unbiased, rigorous assessment of investigational medicines before they hit the market. But do they have sufficient independence from the companies they are meant to regulate? Marianne DeMassi investigates. Over the past decades, regulatory agencies have seen large proportions of their budgets funded by the industry they are sworn to regulate. In 1992, the US Congress passed the Prescription Drug User Fee Act allowing industry to fund the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA, directly through user fees, intended to support the cost of swiftly reviewing drug applications. With the Act, the FDA moved from a fully taxpayer-funded entity to one supplemented by industry money. Net PDUFA fees collected have increased 30-fold, from around $29 million in 1993 to $884 million in 2016. In Europe, industry fees funded 20% of the EU-wide regulator, the European Medicines Agency, or the EMA, in 1995. By 2010, that had risen to 75%. Today, it is 89%. In 2005, in the UK, the House of Commons Health Committee evaluated the influence of the drug industry on health policy, including the Medicines and Healthcare uh, Products Regulatory Agency, MHRA. The committee was concerned that industry funding could lead the agency to, in quotes, lose sight of the need to protect and promote public health above all else as it seeks to win fee income from the companies. Surely not. End quote. But nearly two decades on, little has changed and industry funding of drug regulators has become the international norm. 
The BMJ asked six leading regulators in Australia, Canada, Europe, Japan, the UK and US a series of questions about their funding, transparency in their decision making and of data and the rate at which new drugs are approved. We found that industry money permeates the globe's leading regulators, raising questions about their independence, especially in the wake of a string of drug and device scandals. All right, industry fees. Industry money saturates the globe's leading regulators. The BMJ found that the majority of regulators' budget, particularly the portion focused on drugs, is derived from industry fees. Now, what we'll do from here on, Alex, we'll specifically speak about Australia and the TGA. So yeah, here I can pull this up. Okay, so here is... There's a table for our audio listeners. So it says how the regulators compare. So the proportion of budget derived from industry... The Australian TGA, the Therapeutic Goods Administration, derives 96% of their budget from the pharmaceutical companies that they are supposed to regulate. To put it in perspective, we that's the highest out of all of these big regulators they've looked at. That's you, like me. That's like me. That's like me paying for the speed cameras. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Europe is 89%, the UK is 86%, Japan's 85%, US FDA is 65%, and uh, Canada is 50.5%. Uh, scroll back over for me. Uh, okay, here's the other interesting thing. Transparency, COI is conflicts of interest, and data, uh, pro- a proportion of COVID-19 vaccine committee members that declared financial conflicts of interest. So this is interesting. Let me read that so again. So hold on. Define a conflict of interest first. So a conflict of interest can... They call them COIs. A yeah. COI can literally be anything that would potentially influence one of the decision makers' decisions. So it could be something as simple as they happen to own one share in Pfizer. That's a conflict of interest. It could be that you are married to someone who works at the company. That's a conflict of interest. It could be that you have previously worked for the company. That's a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. So they are... You're some... partnered with someone. You've had a relationship with someone on a board somewhere. Yeah. 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 So any of those reasons. So the proportion of COVID-19 vaccine committee members that declared... Fina- Sorry, this is financial conflicts of interest. So this is directly affecting them financially. Cash in the game. In Australia, was fifty percent, half, half the people who made the decision to approve the COVID nineteen vaccines in Australia had financial conflicts of interest. Reported. Reported. That's right. Now let's not go through any more of that, of that on the. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. There was no, no. There was something else. Um proportions of decisions to approve new medicines yeah so they they also went happened to go on and approve 94 percent of the new medicines that 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 were put in front of them uh proportion of new drugs approved through expedited pathways yeah what i don't we know that that's an interesting one because there were no other drugs that's right and and well there also was no other expedited pathway in australia before this but one of the things that annoys me about that particular table is it doesn't have the percentage of approved drugs that are taken off the market in the first two years. That is something that I really wish that they would have uh, right. put on there. All right, so go, go back to the article itself. So key points so for, for people who are actually following along. Because what we're re- referencing and what we're referring to here is the TGA in Australia is who approved the COVID-19 vaccines. 
50% of the people who are on the committee to approve those vaccines have direct financial conflicts of interest. Now, one of the things I said to you during the week, Alex, you own a used car dealership and you sell cars for a living. And as a salesperson, you understand that when a customer walks in to see you, you are automatically on the back foot because the customer knows you have a financial incentive to sell them the car. That has always been the case in sales. That's Mm -hmm. why when you look at the list of people that the average Joe Blow and the public trusts the least, it's usually the bottom three are car salespeople, real estate, and politicians until the last three years when all of a sudden politicians jump to the fucking top. But but it's because there's a financial incentive. Dentists are there too. At the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't fare too well. Yeah, I don't trust dentists either. Anyway... (laughs) So, of the six regulators, Australia had the highest proportion of budget from industry fees at 96%, and in 2020 to 2021 approved more than nine of every 10 drug company applications. Australia's Therapeutic Goods Administration, or TGA, firmly denies that its almost exclusive reliance on pharmaceutical industry funding is a conflict of interest. In response to a query, the agency said, in quotes, all fees and charges are prescribed in our legislation. To provide transparency, the TGA fees and charges are published on the TGA website. But for decades, academics have raised questions about the influence funding has on regulatory decisions, especially in the wake of a string of drug and device scandals, including opioids, Alzheimer's drugs, influenza antivirals, pelvic mesh, joint prosthesis, breast and contraceptive implants, cardiac stents and pacemakers. An analysis of three decades of PDUFA in the US has shown how a reliance on industry fees is contributing to a decline in evidentiary standards, ultimately harming patients. In Australia, experts have called for a complete overhaul of the TGA structure and function, arguing that the agency has become too close to industry. Uh, sociologist Donald Light of Rowan University in New Jersey, US, has spent decades studying drug regulation. Says, in quotes, like the FDA, the TGA was founded to be an independent institute. However, being largely funded by fees from the companies whose products it is charged to evaluate is a fundamental conflict of interest and a prime example of institutional corruption. Uh, Light says the problem with drug regulators is widespread. Uh, scroll down. Uh, we'll keep going because the main thing I wanted to speak about was the TGA. So, Sorry, I'm on the TGA website as well. Trying okay, to find just, just scroll up a little bit. Up, up, up. Stop there. So, external advisors. Concerns over conflicts of interest is not just directed at those who work for the regulators, but extends to the advisory panels intended to provide regulators with independent expert advice. So, now you're starting to hear some of the words from the structure that we saw during the pandemic. The the person who was giving you the advice was getting their advice from some advisory panel. So, there was this kick in the can down the road of uh, accountability. A BMJ investigation last year found several expert advisors for COVID-19 vaccine advisory committees in the UK and US had financial ties with vaccine manufacturers, ties the regulators judged as acceptable. A large study that investigated the impacts of conflicts of interest among FDA advisory committee members over 15 years found that those with financial interests solely in the sponsoring firm were more likely to vote in favour of the sponsor's product. Fancy that. Funny that, yeah. And that people who served on advisory boards solely for the sponsor were significantly more likely to vote in favour of the sponsor's product. Research exploring the matter from a cross-national comparative perspective is lacking, however. In Australia, the membership of the TGA's Advisory Committee on Vaccines is published on the agency's website. I couldn't find it. I just looked and I went through three downloadable PDFs and Pfizer's name never comes up. Okay. 
the forms for recording past and current financial and non-financial interests are not, however, made public. So let's just, let's just uh, digest that. They've got the members of the advisory committee, so the people who made the decisions on vaccines, they're, they're listed on the website, apparently, even though Alex can't find them. However, their conflicts of interest are not listed. Mm. So what's the fucking point? Yeah. If you had all of them listed and five of them were green and five of them were red and the ones that were red said, uh, I have a direct financial interest in the companies that I'm making this decision on, people could make a more nuanced choice. Anyway, let's, let's read on. Uh, a Freedom of Information Act request for their financial disclosures in August 2020 had names and details of the, dis- of the disclosures redacted. After seeking additional details, the TGA indicated that this was, in quotes, personal information, and therefore usually exempt from the F- uh, Freedom of Information hey, Jason, Act. Jason, if you knew how much money I was making on fl- flicking these things, you'd like you'd explode. Yeah, you'd be very so upset. It's best for your own safety. You might get a heart attack if you know yeah. how much money I've made. So just think about this. Um, the TGA, which is the body that we all rely on, which is supposed to be full of experts and their whole and sole role is supposed to be to protect the public from unsafe medications, thinks it is personal information, how much money they receive in kickbacks from these companies that they regulate. Uh, the TGA was also the body that told my doctor to tell me what my uh, medical diagnosis was mm. for the vaccine. Yes. Mm. Uh, okay. Subsequently, panel members were approached directly by email and asked whether they would be willing to publish their declarations, but there was no response. Instead, they referred the inquiry back to the TGA, which was willing to reveal that five of ten committee members disclosed conflicts of interest but did not say which members uh, or provide any specifics, adding that, in it's quotes... That, it's, it's that Spider-Man um, meme? Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, adding that, in quotes, these interests usually do not give rise to a conflict. So, this, this is actually even worse, because what they say is that five of ten committee members disclosed conflicts of interest, yeah. which means the other five probably have worse ones and just didn't yeah. disclose them. yeah. And I like that even their quote isn't definitive. These interests interests usually don't give rise to a conflict. Yes. But usually. sometimes they do. Yeah. yeah. They only no, do if they vote against them. approving the drug. Yeah. Yeah. The agency's policy allows for excluding members from certain meetings because of a conflict of interest, but details of the conflict of interest and reasons for the exclusion are not published. Can I just say this too? Like, how easy would it be? So let's say you knew everything. Let's say you'd read the... Um, the phase three clinical trial, the way it was supposed to be read, not the way that it was marketed to us in early days. Yeah. So you are asking me as someone who has actually read the phase three trial. Correct. Yeah. 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 So uh, let's say that these guys did. How easy would it be to go, look, this is going to be, this is going to be a shit show, but I'm going to make bank. Like this is going to buy me a house. If I do this, it's going to buy me a house. And all I have to do is I just won't take it myself and I'll tell my friends not to take it either. Or I'll rig up a little saline jobby, that down here and get batch number 113 uh, sent over to my hometown mm-hmm. um, so I don't have any dead bodies on my um, like in my neighbourhood yeah it's pretty easy to do yeah 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 and and the scary thing too is like when so when we spoke about the all the batch 
testing and stuff that they did a little while ago that um, Geeky Leaks was talking about. Um, the main reason why some of these, in quotes, death batches were a problem, and when I say death batches, I mean a batch that is directly associated with multiple deaths post-vaccination, is not really anything to do with the mRNA itself. It's because there was actually degradation, uh, de- like degraded mRNA strains within the vaccine itself. Mm. So it's like, potentially, if you actually investigated this properly, you might find that the actual mRNA vaccines are perfectly fine, but it was just these contaminated ones that killed people. You may find that, but but we're choosing not to actually have a look. Uh, Alright, keep scrolling down. Let's see if there's anything else interesting. Th- those are the main things that I want to cover out of this. Like, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. It is it is definitely worth reading. Oh, actually, no, no, sorry. This is the bit that I really want to speak about. So next, next subject is transparency, conflicts of interest, and data. Over the past decade, there have been improvements in the transparency and accessibility of trial data. Today, the EMA and Health Canada both post to their website substantial amounts of clinical data received by the drug sponsor. So when they say drug sponsor, they just mean the pharmaceutical company that's trying to sell the drugs. Yeah. In addition, Japan's Pharmaceuticals and Medicines Devices Agency posts non-clinical data summaries. Most regulatory agencies do not, however, undertake their own assessment of individual patient data, but rather rely on summaries p- prepared by the drug sponsor. So I'm going to read that sentence again. Most regulatory agencies do not, however, undertake their own assessment of individual patient data, but rather rely on summaries prepared by the drug sponsor. So go back to the start of the vaccine rollout when the TGA was saying that these vaccines were safe and effective and that we have approved them based on the best available data at the time. If they had literally just said that it was safe and effective based on the best available data that we have received, which just happens to be from the companies that are selling the vaccines, do you think people may have taken a second look at it? Absolutely. Potentially. And you can see that that one bit in quotations there, uh, which is probably all you need. The TGA should not be relying on the analysis of the data produced by the drug companies. Rather, the TGA should be reanalyzing the source data yeah. Um, says selection. And Further, this is, the- sorry, I was just going to say too, this is the other corrupt part of the pharmaceutical industry, which has really been unearthed, at least for me. I know a lot of people have known about it for a long time, but during the pandemic, we have, we have had such a focus on these pharmaceutical companies that we've come to realize, like when you see something that's had, um, you know, a, a randomized control trial that's been peer-reviewed. We They said that's the gold standard of, right. of, of scientific process when it comes to approving, uh, manufacturing and approving these drugs. And then when you come to find out is that the randomized control trials may not necessarily be randomized and controlled, like we found with the, uh, the last trials of the vaccines that we spoke about last week, how the people who were taking them knew exactly which one they were getting, Right. So not yep. a randomized control trial. But secondly, the peer reviewers don't get to see the, the source data. Yep. They get to see the aggregate pool of data that the pharmaceutical company chooses to share with the peer reviewers. Because with the way this process works, the company that does the trial, which in all cases is the pharmaceutical company selling the drug, owns the data. So yeah. they can give you whatever they want to give you. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, remember the speaking of um, uh, controlled um, tests. Remember when the Faye, uh, Remember when Pfizer vaccinated the control group? Yeah. Yep. Because they thought it was too like like looking back on that moment now. No, we knew it was messed up when, as it was happening. But think about we it said now. it too. Yeah, we so so uh, early days the the group that was that was unvaccinated that was the control group as part of the initial test from Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Pfizer rushed to get them vaccinated because yep. they were too scared that they were going to get um, that they would die and they couldn't have it on their conscience. Yeah, they claimed to... it was unethical because they had seen positive mm-hmm, results out of the the test group. Antibody they response. said it was yep. They said it was unethical for them to not then go on and vaccinate the control group. Okay, so I do have a question for you. I've been thinking about this and I don't know how, I don't know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. Why, out of all the like, who, the, there's kind of big five big major perpetrators, right? It's uh, like in terms of countries. Yep. So it's USA, Canada, Australia, the uh, UK. Um, New Israel, New Zealand, they're kind of the, the, the they, they're kind of the ones that all did the same thing, right? Yeah. We all followed the same. Why is the UK seem to be the one at the front of like the unraveling of this? All right. There's a lot to unpack here and there's a, there's a few big key points based on the countries that you're talking about. Uh, Israel, I would put slightly to the side of everyone because Albert Baller is Israeli. So the CEO of Pfizer is Israeli and the Israeli government has been 100% on board with Pfizer, has even literally said, hey, use us as a testing bed because their government sees uh, mRNA vaccination as a potential massive financial boon if they can get manufacturing and stuff over there. So they've literally just rolled out the red carpet for Pfizer. So put them aside for a second. Uh, The UK, as you've said, and we've spoken about multiple times during the past, seems to be, out of the big big five or the big six that you just mentioned, Mm. they seem to be the ones that move first to make sensible decisions. Yeah. And to the point that even just recently, and I don't know if you need to bring anything up to, to support this, but... Uh, I think it was last week as well, the UK has announced that they are actually making anyone anyone who's healthy under the age of 50 ineligible for any further yeah. boosters. Yep. So they've made a sensible decision. They were also one of the first to ban uh, mRNA vaccines for children under five. And then for... Um, they've got some age limit thing where if you were born in a certain year, they won't like after a certain year they won't allow you to take any further vaccines for under 18 so they've made some very sensible decisions and when the reason like when i think about it realistically what you're asked the question that you're asking is why is the uk the only one who is acting like a medical system is supposed to act uh, no, no, it's not really what I'm saying because I think they've perpetrated some of the worst of this stuff because I would argue like Sweden has really been the gold standard in all of this. I'm talking about uh, out of these, this this group. But out of that out of that pack, they seem to be the people willing to unravel this. See, America is doing it, but it's only it's it's by it's it's half half. Half the country is half the country is, and yeah. so it's really hard to tell. 
but it does seem like the UK is unraveling it quicker. So, um, and you've got Richie Sunak who, who owns some of Moderna. So it's like it, it, yeah. their leader, their leader is financially incentivized to, to making this thing drag on. All right, a couple of things here. You're exactly right, and that's why I think Rishi himself is trying to ramp things back up again, which is why he's signed the deal with Moderna to create the manufacturing plant over there. But he wasn't in control during the whole thing. So I feel like a lot of these cogs that have moved towards doing the right thing have been happening over the last two years before he actually came into play. Right. I think that's a big part of it. I think America's got their fingerprints all over the whole, this whole fucking thing. Because yeah. they're linked to everything. Yeah. So yeah. remember, the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, they co-own the Moderna vaccine. Right? Conflict of interest. Moderna licensed the mRNA uh, sequence for the, the COVID vaccine to Pfizer. Yeah. Conflict of interest. So yeah. in other words, the American government is, dire- is directly or indirectly involved with the two key players in the mRNA vaccination space. Okay? The NIAID, which is a sub... Uh, group of the NIH, so the National Institutes of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, headed up by our boy Anthony Fauci, is the one who gave the research money to EcoHealth Alliance, who then sent it off to uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology to actually do the coronavirus research, the gain-of-function research, which led to, in our opinion, 99.9% the outbreak of the original strain of COVID-19. So you've literally got the US government... Uh, for a start, taxpayer-funded research which helped create the mRNA technology in the first place. In 2017. Well, it was, it was actually long before that they were starting the... the um, but the genomes... The genomes... Yeah, yes, but the genome sequence was... For COVID, not for mRNA technology for vaccines. True, true, true. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. So yeah. they are directly in cahoots with... That's Moderna. worse. Sorry, but that's worse. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But they are directly in financial cahoots with Moderna because they make money out of selling Moderna vaccine. Moderna is making money off Pfizer because they license them to them. And as I explained the other week, they're currently suing the pants off each other in court because yeah. of because uh, everyone's trying to get that money. Right. So America is have their greasy mitts all over this whole thing. When it comes to Australia and New Zealand, we are small fish. We do whatever Big Brother tells us to do. Yeah. Big Brother is the US. They say jump, we say how high. Um, look at what happened with the submarine deal. Australia had done a deal to buy submarines from France, and then the US said, no, 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 stuff that, buy nuclear submarines off us, cancel the deal. So okay. we jumped and we cancelled the deal, like half destroying our relationship with France in the, in the process, also costing us something like $80 million in payments to cancel the deal, cancel the order, because the US want us to buy submarines off them instead. So, us in New Zealand, we just move with whatever the US wants us to do. That's why I think, out of all of them, the UK is the only one that is acting somewhat independently, because they are probably the most independent out of all the countries involved. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. if they were part of the EU, it would have been a different story, but they're not. So, that's right. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. They're probably more mobile than a lot of the others. Yeah, Mm, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, so, so anyway, just in summary, um, and like I said, I'll put a link to that BMJ article. What Alex and I spoke about this during the week, and one of the things that we're super mindful of is, and particularly you, you you've checked me on this a few times, 
is catastrophizing this information. Because we've come to learn fighting against the system doesn't work. You're never going to be able to change the system. The system is so embedded with corruption, there's nowhere where you can turn to actually change anything. Yeah, the corruption's never going to change. That's right. And like, do we... We didn't talk about preferential voting at all. Last and I don't week, want to get into it. No, I don't. No. But anyway, like, even down to the fact that if you were trying to uh, elect a minor party in Australia who had the right ideas on all these things and was trying to get rid of all the corruption, it would never even work, right? It's completely corrupt. So instead of trying to change the system, what we are trying to do by speaking about these things is change the regular punter on the street's perception of the system. Because like we said before, when people walk into a car dealership and are approached by a car salesman, they immediately don't trust that person because they know there is a financial incentive for that salesperson to sell them a product. And what has happened with this vaccine rollout is the people who approved these products for you to take in Australia at minimum 50% of them have a direct financial interest in you purchasing that product at the worst it's 100% because the other 50% just didn't disclose any conflicts of interest they may be there they're not legally obligated to disclose them 96% of their workplace's funding comes from the businesses that they are approving drugs for so there are like you said before or like people do evil things because they don't want to lose their jobs mm. when 96 percent of your livelihood is tied to doing the wrong thing probably going to do it right yeah yeah but if but no one knew about this stuff so guys like we don't normally ask you to share videos we don't normally ask you to you know like share subscribe follow us on social medias i, I wouldn't even bother following us on instagram and facebook anymore they're, they're just censoring everything like it's actually ramped up again follow us on twitter it's the only place that we can actually speak uncensored at the moment but watch us on rumble or on rumble but i really think it is really really important to share this information with people because i had the perception before this pandemic started that the therapeutic goods administration was a government funded body which yeah. was which was like paid for by taxpayers for taxpayers to keep us safe that was my perception and now that perception is completely you were 96% wrong that's right yeah. and the only difference between me or you and someone else on the street who's gone and taken these vaccines is we took two seconds to take a look yeah but no one else looks so maybe we need to show them so guys I never ask you to share these videos with anyone who you know, is blue-pilled or not not into it. I, I never ask you to do that. I would definitely ask you to at least share that British medical journal investigation with them. They are one of the most prestigious medical journals on the planet. They have done an investigation and the data speaks for itself. At least share that with people. This is an important one. This is the one that um, you should be passing around to friends Absolutely. and family. And on that note... No, i got one more thing before we go. Because this rolls into this. It is way past my bedtime. But carry I, know, I know, we, we are running a bit late here. Bill Gates. So, when it comes to people who have a financial incentive into selling you vaccines, Bill Gates has probably the 
largest financial incentive. Now, some people may have noticed that in recent times, Bill Gates has kind of changed his tune on the mRNA vaccines. So all of a sudden, he has started speaking about some of the issues that we're seeing with them. Uh, he has said that, you know, in future pandemics, so he was recently in Australia when, you know, we, we saw the picture with Albo, but he made a speech at the Sun Function on and he was making a speech. And there was like three things that he said that these current vaccines do poorly. One, they don't block transmission. One, they're not... Let's ver- watch it. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's watch it. Anyway, so antibodies, antivirals, we think we can also have very early in an, ep- an epidemic a thing you can inhale uh, that will mean that you can't be infected. Can a, you pause that? A blocker. So just, just I, I want you to focus on that just briefly. He's starting off by saying, uh, I, we think in a, in a new pandemic, we'll have something that you can inhale that will block you from uh, transmission or getting infected. So that's the seed drop of the new product that he's clearly invested in. So keep yeah. your eyes on the news for when you start seeing them talk about some brand new antiviral strategy, which is an inhalable. Because it was on he'll Glass Onion. In it. it was on Glass Onion. Oh, was it? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. He gets on the island and they just, everyone's wearing masks and they say, take your mask off, take your mask off and they just spray something in their mouth and that's, that's wow. done. Like there's been foreshadowed. It's on that movie on Netflix. Well, there you go. Already yeah. normalizing it. All right, continue. Yeah. An inhaled blocker. We also need to fix the three problems with vaccines. The current vaccines are not infection blocking. Uh, they're not broad. So when new variants come up, you lose protection and they have very short duration. Uh, particularly in the people who aren't those all the things that we want not just those three issues aren't yeah. they all the issues aren't those three things like each thing is 33.333% of the full thing can you can you play that briefly again just I want everyone to listen to he has a laugh tell so when he's saying something that he knows is not necessarily a lie but he's it, been caught out He's been it's caught out, or there's something, there's something going on behind the scenes in his brain. One thing that Bill Gates does all the time is he has a laugh tail. He goes like, <laughs> like just a little brief thing. So just play it again. Uh, they're not broad. So when new variants come up, you lose protection. Yeah. And they have very short duration, uh, particularly in the people who matter, which are old people. And every one of those things is, is fixable. Uh, in fact, doing that work is going to help vaccinology very very broadly Did it again that was <clears throat> okay uh, i i really didn't do, do you know what i really didn't like about these guys that speak after they do the lip smacking the talk they're not very fluid together these right two. yeah okay. yeah we, we don't need to listen to what they say we can just say the key point that they bring up what is so interesting about bill gates all of a sudden sort of turning on the vaccines a little bit is that most people don't know that bill gates uh, out of all the vaccine companies for COVID that he invested in, he actually invested in BioNTech, which is the German company which actually produced the mRNA vaccines for Pfizer. So it's the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccination, right? So he invested in BioNTech when it was in like, um, what's it called uh, before they make shares public? Um, oh, like... yeah, a pre, pre-purchase, uh, I, uh, not an IPO. Oh, IPO? Mm. No, that's, a, that's just after. 
Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so he got in early when I think the shares were worth about $30 a share and bought lots of them. Now, he only recently has actually sold the majority of his shares in BioNTech and his investment return was 10 times what he invested in the first place. So it's not a coincidence that whilst he invested early and they brought a product to market, Bill Gates was all over television screens telling people how good mRNA is and you should go out and get your Pfizer shot. He made $300 million. Yeah. In one deal. One deal. And now he's setting up his next deal because he he ain't he ain't done he knows that like well i mean for a start look at the australian government the australian government bought i saw an article the other day they bought 225 million doses of the vaccines in their first order 225 million out of that only about 25 percent of them have actually been given out so 75% of the vaccines that we purchased will end up spoiling. There'll be a waste of money. Isn't it, wasn't that a no-brainer? We had 25 million people in yeah. Australia. So it made no, the numbers made no sense. And, and that's, that's neglecting the fact that we ordered another 110 million just yeah. recently. Yeah. And, and this is where you, you start to put all the pieces together and realise that the entire thing was just a giant wealth transfer from us, the taxpayer, to them, the corporation. Because, like, we got... we When anyone questioned it, because that they put that order in when they are still telling everyone it was only two shots, and when anyone questioned it, they're like, oh, yeah, oh, the COVAX scheme. So we've got to get our orders in first, but then we've got to buy all these other millions so we can hand it out to all the poor countries. Which then yeah. never happened because in the Pfizer contract that we'll never be able to see, or maybe one day we will, hopefully, it'll say that Pfizer has control over where all of these doses go and you have to get their express approval if you can donate them. And I think we've only donated something like 60,000 doses or something like that. Yeah, it's pitiful. It's like Papua New Guinea or whatever. Yeah, and the rest we're going to throw in a river. Yeah, exactly right. And... So, obviously, massive money-making, but that also means if you've got 75% of your stock that you haven't been able to get rid of, that country is probably not coming to buy any more vaccines from you, are they? So, mm. what you do, you get out of buying tech while the share price is really good until before it tanks, and you start setting up your next pitch. And the inhalable, keep an eye out for it in the marketplace. If you ever start seeing stuff, like you said, Glass Onion's already got it. Yep. And... Would not be surprised at all if Bill Gates paid someone to have that part of the story inserted into that movie, because the Bill and Melinda Gates. Uh, do you do you remember talking about the Trusted News Initiative that came out at yeah, the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah? So the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was heavily involved and heavily funded the thing called the Trusted News Initiative, which happened right at the beginning of the pandemic to make sure that all of us only received like proper, real news, no fake news. In other words, that was the censorship paradigm that he helped create right at the beginning of the pandemic. So if you don't think he's got contacts in, uh, contacts in media companies yeah. to stick his new product into a movie before it's even come out, kidding yourself. Yeah. Anyway, that's Eat enough. <laughs> Thanks very share much. This for one, share this one around. Share this yeah, one around. please share this, this one around. Uh, please follow us on Twitter, say hello, get our engagement up a little bit. I was explaining to Alex during the week that... Um, it is a little bit disheartening to move from YouTube where we were slowly building an audience and have to jump to Rumble, which 
you know, Rumble's great, but it is an emerging platform. The people aren't there yet. So please, if you are watching us on Rumble, please subscribe. Please share it with your friends. Uh, please come and uh, follow us on Twitter as well, because again, we're building a, a following on Facebook and Instagram. And then they just, they literally handbraked our, our accounts the other day because I shared uh, Joe Rogan's post about the US government funded uh, research, which said that Lucky Charms were healthier than steak. Yeah. So yeah. because I shared that, we've, we're now getting handbraked for the next 90 days on our account. Just yeah. bullshit. So barely have any point of even uh, posting on those platforms anymore. So follow us on Rumble. Follow us on Twitter. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.